All right, welcome to another week of Anime Shampoo. It's me, Zadi Banda, the Malawian mangaka. Mangaka of iFoot. And this is my editor, Nathan Orecchio. Hey, what's up? Nathan I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm the editor. <laughs> and also the creator of the iXFoot website. I, www.ixfoot.com and yes please put in the www <laughs> still trying to figure that out <laughs> we don't have money to wait you can just type in <laughs> and uh working off of a psych degree here so uh bear with me <laughs> he's a man of many talents Mr. yes <laughs> yes sir all right so let's get into it this week we're talking about episode six of Psychopaths season one, titled The Return of the Psychotic Prince. This episode, I don't think there's a time signature between five and six. We don't know if it's a day after mm-hmm. or a week, but we, we gotta presume it's close to a few days at the end of episode five. Yeah. Ginoza shows Akane a file to read about Kogami to learn about his past and just to recap episode five in general episode five they basically catch they catch the guy who was uh, taking over icons on the internet in the psychopath world that being talisman spooky boogie and they find out that he had taken another one in the past too and he gets caught in a hotel room as he's running away from the inspectors and enforcers and Makishima kills him. <laughs> yeah, yep. Takes over the AIs that he had like deified, basically, and basically tells him, "Hey, man, I thought you were different, and you ate." <laughs> and then he bombed him. He's like, "Hey, at least before you die, think of something original," which just gives us a clean little look into what Makishima is kind of searching for. So coming into episode six. That's where we're at. And the first half of the episode, the whole episode is pretty actionless, but nonetheless, this is psychopaths. It's still excellent. Yeah. This is an outer banks where <laughs> dude, <laughs> there has to be at least four shirtless scenes right. a minute. Yeah, and that's not hating on outer banks or Netflix. Get your bag, man. Always go get it. I don't choose what people chooses enjoyment but then <laughs> damn Beethoven would be mad <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. anyways yeah this is a very I wouldn't even call it world building episode it's transitioner basically yeah. the last episode was the last two episodes were an arc this is basically the beginning of a new one and the first half of the episode is just a lot of interactions between characters and just like a glimpse into the world of psychopaths. And we begin the episode with uh, Kogami having a nightmare yeah. in his apartment about his old partner and the investigation that they were on. And he starts seeing these images of distorted figures that will become important later. And then we shift 
and we see Ginoza. For the first time, we see him talking to the chief, his his boss, the chief yeah. of the public safety bureau. And he, the chief is just like, hey man, like, Akane is doing a good job. Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, Ginoza's like, oh, but she's unprofessional. She hangs out the enforcers. Yeah. She's a little too cozy with them. Yeah, a little too cozy with them. And then the chief says something that like kind of like scared me and just has like, I think very like real world, you know, implications when she says we haven't scientifically proven. it. Oh yeah. yeah. Hughes are genetic. Don't end up like your dad. Yeah. <laughs> And we're not going to spoil who the dad is, but I feel like if you have... Come, it, it kind of is obvious. It wouldn't be a surprise if we said it, but we'll let, let people find out. But she's like, don't end up like your dad, Genoza. You're a good guy. And she's like, we haven't also scientifically disproven that there's a causal relation between humans yeah. and genes. And it got me thinking, like... I mean, it's crazy how, I don't know, I, I don't even know what I'm, I'm saying, like, characteristics in families can pass down, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, oh, your granddad was funny, and you're funny, yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if, like, if people have the same ideas as far as, like, crime and you know, adverse things. Mm. And the implication question. The simple statement, like the president of the Public Safety Bureau, that's a really dangerous thing to say, I feel like, as a as a person in leadership. Cause then wouldn't that mean if Ginoza has a kid, it's immediately flagged? Yeah, no, that's true. Like it wouldn't even if nothing flagged. happens to Ginoza. And you know, it's kind of like going off of that thing where uh I uh, like a generational, like, uh, you know, like crime and generational, like poverty, like, uh, you know, once you're a poor person or once you're like in crime or abuse, you're always going to be in it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a vicious cycle. And like, I agree with you, like to think the, the, the head of the public safety bureau is telling you this, like, she's got your eye on you. It's like, what does that say for us in our culture? Like where we kind of have like you know quote-unquote studies that have like examined this phenomenon like do we do we also have the higher-ups at certain levels also like and you know what i I was really thinking her statement is is kind of weird and very real world in that sense Mm -hmm. whereas you'll see like governments which poorly run their countries or some that even run them greatly set up systems that'll make certain people poor, right? And then when those poor people start committing crimes, start to act like there's like a, like, I don't know, like psychopaths have set up a society where you can catch people on hues. Right. To imply that that it's genetics. Like how, I think what I'm saying is, can you take something that isn't essential to life, such as psychopaths, or just like, you know, psychopaths checks and hues, mm-hmm. just like in general, I don't know, jobs or poverty, 
and then use that and then separate that from the person and say ah uh-uh, it's genes you know what i mean it's it's who you are not cuz the truth about it is you know genosa's dad most likely lived before the age of the psychopaths era the hughes yeah. so he didn't have that as a way to grade his actions yeah but then genosa has it and then now you want to say it's a link but it's like what you know what i mean i don't know what yeah, no, she, exactly yeah no she uh in a in a way uh the public safety bureau created the link mm-hmm. and now they're studying the link that they created right and then going previously back. there was no such thing cuz it didn't exist yeah and that's no that's that's really weird to think about it like that it's like so then it's like does that even defeat the purpose of studying it at all like you know what i mean like if it's something that you created you could honestly just put it there if you wanted to like oh yeah there is because we say there is <laughs> that be like saying oh these certain people commit mm-hmm. lots of crimes but you've also you set up the conditions for yeah. that to be the case maybe you set up a materialistic society that needs them to you know what i mean yeah or maybe you set up just like extreme poverty but you gave them guns and drugs and then then later you tag the difference to something else as if you weren't the sole reason at the beginning like prior to your involvement they were living different yeah no absolutely and it's like it'd be one thing if like the huge checks were like just a thing but yeah. like this is like the whole like base like the foundation of society it's like don't make your hue go above this certain like yeah determined uh baseline right and that's the whole thing of like what society is based off of like similarly like if you don't want Good people job. to like right yeah it's like oh you you need this certain amount of cash flow <laughs> to survive and as that cash flow keeps getting above what people or what jobs are willing to pay cuz that's a thing too it's like if you if you can only work at McDonald's cuz that's the only job available and jo- McDonald's is fucking you over by not paying you enough man you might have to shoot kill steal you know what i mean like yeah. you might have to do some stuff that is criminal but it's only criminal because it's it was set forced. up for you yeah in a sense yeah live, you ended up having to be in this game that involves that mm-hmm. kind of like the, the potential for that kind of lifestyle and mm-hmm. and you know people be like well like why doesn't everybody get their skills up and get these high paying jobs but the truth about it is society will always have disparity and mm-hmm. you know even a team that i've said it before a team full of lino messies still has a bench you know if you had a whole squad of 38 lino messi class players you would still only play 11 that's just how the game works we could yeah. all do all these skillful jobs but they still would be poor people because even at the end of the day there's not enough jobs for all the skills yeah and like i don't know it, it like just got me thinking i was like she's really like she set this whole thing up and then is claiming that it's something else as if she's not the setup <laughs> like yeah yeah he was like what or whoever I, came before like, her you know what i mean like whoever yeah. set up the civil symptom or si- symptom civil system <laughs> like yeah on the way to work today i was like man like a lot of my life right now at this in this point of time 
feels like I'm playing a game I never asked to be in. Oh yeah, for key, sure. This, I would, it, to me, a nice life would be having a shelter I can sleep in, I can bath and, you know, eat, you know, cleanly. And then I can write and I'll farm a little of my own food. Enough for just me. That's it. This <laughs> rent and credit and oh, credit man kills me, bro. Immigrant sponsorships and all this, 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 and this, and this. I could just like live. And it's like, but the system's got me in here. Mm-hmm. 8 a.m. I'm up, angry. <laughs> yeah, no. As Dude, isn't it kind of interesting that this goes so deep that like even the thought of like countries is like something that's like also low-key forced upon us yeah like you know what i mean like i've always found that so interesting that like there's barriers to like experiencing the world and other people that is only created by the people that came before us you know what i mean yeah like uh at some point i mean i guess it depends on what you believe but like at, there was some point in history where like lines were drawn to determine countries and that were fought over of course it depended on resources of the land and like you know who could find what then but then i was thinking i was like but like now like you have to have so much like there's so many like different like conditions that are set up to just live in a country or travel to a different country yeah. that like are dependent on like only like things that are continuously upheld like for example like i don't know i've always thought like homeowners tax or like housing tax yeah. property tax like that's like also like i don't know maybe i'm understanding this incorrectly but it's always boggled my mind because it's like you have your own like you have the right to like property right that's like yeah. one of the founding yeah one things of, of america yeah. <laughs> but like if you don't pay your property tax or if you don't pay certain things then you don't own it anymore Well, actually, you don't own it ever until you finally pay off certain things. It's, it's like, okay, like, is that a freedom? For, you're forever leasing something that yeah. you're supposed to own, but it's also in a system that you you just ended up in. And, And like, then with credit, you couldn't maybe never own anything. Yeah. I was um, looking after work. I was just looking at the... There's a Vietnamese restaurant across from where I work not relevant to the story <laughs> but i'm just looking at it and i thought to myself i can't be first person who got to the age of 23 was working looked at life you know not being not allowed to at least to chase their dreams and mm-hmm. was like man this shit sucks we should change it but it's like like you said it's just that it's upheld and yeah. it's kind of in this weird like trend where i'm like is it because mm-hmm certain people are now winning at this game that we call capitalism life whatever you want to call it are they winning at it at a degree that they're like okay no need to abolish this because i got to level 10. <laughs> you know I mean. like because i'm like i was looking at the restaurant and i was like i don't know how i could ever not think like this like i don't you know and that's what i wonder about like our parents and older generations when do they flip the switch that they're just all about the system and i'll raise my child to become a rat in the rat race because i was sitting there like i could i could never like you could put a gun to my head and this might be the thing i die for i could just never wake up at 8 a.m and go 
this is life. <laughs> this is what we were supposed to be. And I was like, I can't be the first one to have ever thought that. But all those people kept it going. And that's how I'm here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they just were like, <sighs> and I, I don't know. And I think to myself, like when she said that in Psychopaths, I just thought, that's a really like odd comment from someone in power to make. And like, <laughs> she knows something. <laughs> and it's almost like systems in general to justify their flaw have to blame their uh, followers. Like she's saying, hey, it's not that I set up this elaborate system that like just looks at your mind. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're going to act like that's naturally here. I'm going to blame you. I'm going to find a mm. fault in you. You know, you see it with organized religions in some cases, not every, you know, denomination or whatever, but in some, right? You see where it's like, okay, the organization itself is sick or maintaining their power because they're blaming the people below them, acting as if they're two separate entities. Mm. You know, civil is like devoid of humans, but the humans are just humans. Like that's how she spoke almost, as if like civil was is human independent. So that's how some of these organizations speak, like governments. Oh, we're human independent, and the followers are here. And then yeah. when things are going wrong, we're just gonna look at you and point at you, because because yeah. that's system, very culty, low key. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is kind of cool because <laughs> you know the system is the system, right? It's unchangeable. You, you're changeable, and you're messing up. And it's also, to your point, she says something that I think is also very, um, it's manipulative, where it's like, there's a, there might be a link that's neither proven nor disproven, so you don't know if it's true or not, which gets you thinking. And then two, it's another thing where it's like, it's something you might not even know is happening. So you don't know if it's true or false, and you don't know if it's happening or not, or if it will get awoken or anything like that in you. Um, I don't know if that was good English. I, you don't know if it, it will awaken in you at some point. <laughs> Nato Recchio <laughs> writes prose. <laughs> and edits a lot, as you can tell. Oh God, you should see my spelling. It's even worse. Um, anyways, but that's like, that also keeps you trapped within the system. Cause then you like, then you almost have to see the person that's in charge of the system as the sole like arbiter of the system. It's like, well, shoot, I don't know. I can't tell, but sh the person that set up the system somehow has a way, even though it's not proven or disproven of knowing, you know what I mean? And when they prove or disprove of it, I just have to trust that they're true. Right. It's crazy. I didn't think we'd spend that much time on that's like the first three minutes no uh, but it's i didn't honestly i didn't catch on that but i think it, it does bring up a good point um about systems and system heads in general um and i i don't know it's interesting because she's both um and i don't think this is a spoiler but she's both like a political leader but then also like a department leader you know what i mean like yeah, she's the yeah. head of the public safety bureau so she's in charge of this like police force public safety bureau my ass yeah, <laughs> <no>. police force <laughs> it's funny because there's nothing like charming about her either 
No, she's like straight up like low-key. I'm not going to say that, but she's she's very like, she just seems very unfriendly. Like she has no tact or anything. Yeah, she's just business. Yeah. And it's funny because that's low-key like um, a lot of like leaders of a lot of organizations like from what I like see is like a lot of them are like you know they're very business oriented and not to say that every ceo or every leader of every like organization is like evil or has nefarious like uh plans but like um you know there's a lot of political leaders that or like politics in general where it's like so superficial like um you know like just keeping face but then also trying to keep people in, in like in line with their views you know what i mean so it's like we're gonna create certain like like you said parameters for everyone to fall into and we'll put a little bit of fear in everyone so that way they kind of like stay in line with the values yep so good also good writer's tidbit note if you have a big powerful character have a big window and a high high like spot you could tell they were oh, like yeah. in the highest floor at least and she had like a whole window with the moon and stuff behind it super cool <laughs> and the lighting in the room was dope too yeah it was like she's and like she not a- in like a, a bright room it's like kind of dark a long walkway to get to her too another problem <laughs> another problem well moving on we see akane with uh the red-haired enforcer and she's trying to coax the news out of, or like the story that Genoza said her in the last episode about Kogami. She's trying to coax information out of him. And I like this for two reasons. One, I just like seeing Akane on screen. <laughs> Great character, it's so well written. Two, in the previous scene, they had just talked about how she was unprofessional and Sure, psychopaths is like, you know, you can think, oh, unprofessional in Genosa's opinion is is what I thought when you watch the episode. Yeah. But then you, you go and watch her with the with the redhead enforcer, and she's getting drunk with him <laughs> and chilling. <laughs> right. Oh, okay, she is just unprofessional. No, like she's just part of the gang, and it's like a cool growth in her character because she's defying Genosa. But she's also trying to find out more about it because she never read the file because she's worried that Kogami will see it. And, you know, she says, you know, the redhead enforcer asks if she's in love with him and she, she gets all kind of embarrassed and is like, no. <laughs> asks him if, if he's ever fallen in love. And he's basically just like, hey, man, I experienced a lot. I'm like, you, you soft yeah girl you know and then i don't know i don't think there's too much to take away from this scene it's just a fun scene to me yeah (laughs) what well i was gonna say isn't it kind of cool though like there's like a couple things in the scene where they're just small things but i think it like you said it's not like a lot's going on but like some of the small things that just like kind of really just make the show so good like in general like um the fact that like we get to see number one he's got like pinball machines in his apartment yeah, that's yeah. sick and she's playing them and having fun um 
I think it's cool too that like uh, it's implied that enforcers are pretty much the only ones that can legally drink alcohol and not have to worry about getting addicted to it. Yeah. Um, he says something about like most people are afraid to get addicted to alcohol, so they um, they do virtual stuff and they right do, virtual uh, stuff or like uh, yeah, yeah yeah tripping. And I was like, dang, that's really interesting. That's kind of um, it is real. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also the same thing with like food and cooking. Like this is the first time where we've seen any bit of cooking. Like um, and he like uh, or well he cooks for her and she tries his food and t- tells him how amazing it tastes and his response is awesome. It's just like yeah this is real food <laughs> and real cooking and it's like. <laughs> Actually, now that we wind it back, this definitely as a world building scene, this does so much. It does. And just like as a, the route of the show, like what you're pointing out is it's almost like the enforcers are like real life. They're like reality, you know? Yeah. And they it just really... makes you like, honestly, you have to think about your own reality too. Like I was watching the scene as I was literally eating like a frozen meal and I was like, damn. Yeah, like all she yeah. eats is super fast, processed food. She's low key just about work, and it's like the most human we've seen her. She's not prim and proper and like mm. well, like he is like a regular person, which like isn't normal anymore. Which, in our sense, like regular people aren't super interesting now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, it's a very good scene. Like you said, it points out the drinking laws and like the difference between what a person like the enforcer would experience and someone like Akane. And it's like super cool to see. Like the show is like, okay, this is a this is a person as you would know them. And this mm-hmm. is someone who's like just been soaked in the civil world. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know, I might be reaching into this too much, but I always think that there's, like, even in, in like, an implicit sense, like, there's always some sort of, like, deeper, like, uh, maybe archetype going on. And I think Akane is, like, kind of uh, cementing herself as almost like a, like, uh, like, almost like a Jesus or, like, Messiah type figure. Not in, like, the sense that she's trying to save everyone and she's perfect, but, but by the Sybil's, like um you know yeah she's literally perfect like perfect scores like her hue is always fantastic no matter what she does i mean as we'll see in the next scene she literally wakes up hungover and she's still ready to do work i mean she looks a little bit rough but nothing else is fucked up she's just chill and then we see her honestly connecting most with like the enforcement the sinners right the sinners of the system which I think might be one of the names of the, the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is honestly perfect. <laughs> but, um, and I just think this scene, honestly, like shows like it in such like holistic, like slice of life type way, where she's literally getting drunk with like, <laughs> with one of the sinners of the system. And like, she's connecting with him when she, she every like uh low-key like the religious fi- figures of the time which is the inspectors which is ginoza he's like the him and uh the chief are like the um sort of like what are they the pharisees, the pharisees. yeah like they're the quote-unquote pharisees and they're worried about her <laughs> who's doing her job fantastically albeit 
a bit you know immaturely as they put it or like um she's getting a little too cozy with these sinners of the system and it's just like very interesting to me because i think everyone's kind of benefiting from akane's presence even though she's not having like a huge like low-key jesus-like <laughs> level impact we can kind of see everyone start to like you know uh kogami from episode one honestly is like got this new vigor for like solving cases um and then in this episode like as we'll see like in this episode um like he's starting to remember the case that turned him into an enforcer and like going after that again we see Gonoza. i mean although he's still kind of a douche he's i think over the past couple episodes he's showing less douchery um yeah. masaoka is reminded of his you know pre-civil days and uh honestly it's just like kind of you know vibing with with uh akane um i can never remember his name the orange-haired one that she's getting drunk with oh come on help me out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can never remember his name Kusami or something yeah, yeah. something like i wouldn't like look that. at it but we don't have that like guy that joe rogan has <laughs> right yeah yeah the fact checker <laughs> or the just googler yeah, um, where's kube <laughs> Although that might not be a bad, that might be a bad idea. You might find it five hours later. <laughs> but yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like it's kind of interesting how she's like transforming the whole like fabric of not like the society, but society, like how yeah. this part, this major part of society works. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me how like it just like has those like sort of like messiah like characteristics to it. That's like honestly giving it like another like intangible life to it that the whole show is like kind of like uh you know vibrating around no i definitely feel that thank you see that cycle pass for you man <laughs> it's so good it's <laughs> such good writing the next scene she goes and meets after she finds out the stuff from mm-hmm. redhead when she goes and meets the the hot it lady and i think kaori yep. Kaiori. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Kaiori, the one inspector who a couple episodes ago was holding a music book. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who, when uh, Ginoza and the Redhead were attacked at the hotel, she was there. She was the only female. And Kaiori. And, uh, you know, the hot IT lady basically kind of explains the deal that Kogami's old partner was seeking out this killer who used to take people's bodies and decapitate them and put plastic resin into them and they were trying to figure this out and they never caught the killer or they found out that it was a school teacher Mm -hmm. but he had no history in chemistry so they're wondering where he got the resin from yeah and kogami and his partner kept the case kept looking for the case and kogami believes that there's someone who is still out there is what the IT lady tells us. And first off, another hint that there there's two hints that they're lesbian again in this episode, which I just I know. love the subtle writing and how <sighs> one they're always in the same office, which I just I love their like little low key relationship. When she says Kaiori is into more dark and violent things after i think akane comments on 
the way the bodies were mutilated. Yeah. And Kaori is eating, and, right? Yeah, and um the IT lady says, "Oh, Kaori is into more dark and violent passions." And she kind of blushes. I was like, "Man, how did I not catch this first time I watched this show?" <laughs> and then Kaori, I love her line. She in the most like um, you know, embarrassed way possible. She says, So you were talking about Isayama or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, she's trying Isayama. to get us back on a on track. And I'm like, dang, she got caught. <laughs> oh, but that was so good. Basically, that's the scene. She comes there and they kind of the the IT lady was there working for the. So this kind of gives us gives us a little glean into how long the enforcers have been there. At least some of them. I mean, the IT lady was there. Kaiori, I think, would have been. I don't know if she was there when Kogami was an was an inspector, but we know the IT lady for sure because she knows the whole story, right? And she probably also has access to the records. Anyways, um, I mean, in case I forget, the other like hint at them being <laughs> a lesbian couple is when she's they get the beep for the case or like they find the guy who has um he's stolen like a memory card or something yeah later in the episode they're interrogating someone we'll cover it again as we move towards this is just so i don't forget and she <laughs> says i bet my bra that he's the killer or something and Kaiori, <laughs> the scene ends with Kaiori looking at her bra. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she like that's one of my favorites though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was so funny. And, and like, Redhead says you can keep it, and Kaiori's like, <laughs> yeah, she's just like <laughs> you're looking at it like it's a whole snack. <laughs> Anyways, back to the chronological order of the episode. The next scene is uh <laughs> is uh the school. We finally go. Oh, finally, not really, because finally implies that you knew before. We end in up in the school where we we see that in in the world of psychopaths, there's still art. Yeah, it's the first like formally way we're introduced to it because we know oh, that uh, music. Well, we also find out too that they have like uh, like private boarding schools. Yeah, like, yeah. There's like. Like that's almost like seems like it's an old world thing, not like a civil world thing. thing. Yeah. Like why would you like in a perfect society would you need boarding schools? <laughs> Especially that like so you could tell preppy. Right. And, and like, it's like a a girls school too. Mm-hmm. It's an all girls school. And at this school they also learning um Shakespeare. We find out that in this world, Shakespeare is still around, and I guess considered good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was important to note that they were in the class they were reading Twelfth Night, which is a book about masks and people hiding their identities, which like is a nod to the previous episode, and just in general one of the themes of the show, and. I wish I remember the quote that she uses from that book, but I watched this like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> like when uh when she's first re- reading, like the student, yeah, reading yeah. In class, 
Isn't yeah. it something about like uh, love? So I thought it had something to do with like men and like love. I remember thinking it was like super poignant. I look here. I'm not. I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> <laughs> we need like elevator music. <laughs> Please hold. Please hold while me and Nate try and Google what we just watched. <laughs> well, Loki though it's Shakespeare. I mean, Shakespeare. yeah. No, you can't write in regular ass English. Okay, wait. I think I'm close. Um, okay, wait. People don't get bored. We're still here. <laughs> okay, I think I may have found it. Okay, I don't need a synopsis. I need the quote. Same. I'm like on Psychopaths fandom. And I thought I found it, but they've got another. <laughs> I found a Psychopaths wiki. <laughs> I remember the quote. Ah, we might just have to. Wait, I'm on. I'm on Psychopaths Reddit at this point. This might be the longest intermission in podcast history. <laughs> Okay, wait, I think I found it. No. That's uh, Titus Andronicus. Let's see. Alright, man. <laughs> Wasting too much time on it. Alright, I'll keep looking, but... uh, Once he reads... Twelfth Night, which is a a book about masks. It's a book about um, a girl who falls in love with a person, right? Is and, it a comedy? Yeah, it's basically if you've yeah. seen She's the Man, you've seen uh, you've seen Twelfth Night because it's damn near the same story. She falls in love with someone, but it turns out that it's not who she thought it was. And she falls in love with another young woman in the story of Twelfth Night, who's disguised as a man. And in in the school, we find these two girls. Well, the one girl on the screen is getting texted by someone about Shakespeare. And she's the person texting her is like, oh, Shakespeare is kind of trash. And then as the scene progresses, starts texting and she has a very like happy smile on her face and everything then we go back to the public safety bureau and we find that they've caught a perp he used a memory card to rig a drone to kill people and turns out he's got a beef against the company 
and someone in the mail sent him something in the mail telling him hey you hate your company let's go cause some trouble and sent him the means the tools he needed to get the job done and kogami flips because it's just like the sasayama case someone who gives people the means to prey on their desires and um this is as we know is what they suspect because of the school teacher who had no history in chemistry but had plastic resin to do his mutilated body murders his figurines so to speak mm-hmm. that's what the IT lady explained to Akane early in the episode and so Kogami kind of flips and he's like this is the same person he even runs away and he goes to his room and Ginoza follows him and he's going through books frantically he's like yo this is the same profile like last time someone who gives people the intent with the intent the means to kill where they themselves are not involved and it got me thinking man like i remember i was talking to sam a while ago where i was like real life is desperate and it's like desperately depressing too and sam said something important he's like Loki a lot of people are so sad and angry that they are already school shooters the only thing is they don't have a gun and like with political fanfare as it's grown you know with people who are radical supporters of things like Trump and the you know the the mobbing on Congress you know and basically his whole rise to notoriety so to speak is just like preying on the fact that a lot of people are just angry but the only thing is they never have the means to exercise their anger you know this is not to down on everybody obviously there's regular trump supporters <laughs> watching on congress and being insane lunatics but that's facts um what do you call it there's yeah there's these there's this weird like political fanfare that you know people had for the orange man <laughs> like as if he was Jesus <laughs> and i like what kogami said i was like is that a symptom of the modern world are people so sad and angry that they're just the only difference is they don't have the means to to partake in their like anger and sadness. I mean there's a one Charles Bukowski quote that says there's enough anger and hatred in the average man to power a whole army. Mm-hmm. Like and I wonder if that's like what Kogami is kind of playing at and I wonder if as a whole society really is just I don't know what you think if but I meet a lot of people who from what I've known of happiness to me look depressed. Mm, yeah. you know, they can at least talk about their favorite TV show or something <laughs> you know, yeah. to seem normal but I'm like oh, man like you ain't depressed <laughs> you know what I mean well, uh, who, I think was it Patrice O'Neill who said this or maybe it wasn't maybe it was somebody else um, actually it might have been Elon Musk I have no idea but you told me the quote one time and it's always stuck with me it's like uh, you give a man like um like a decent job um like sports um and like consistent sex and like and good food and like you're set for life but like 
it's almost like dumbing you down, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly the quote, like verbatim. Um, I'm sorry, I thought my cat was coming in. But anyways, um, but like, yeah, it's kind of like that too. It's like, like that all like, it's just to, to numb like people in general, not just men. Um, but it's almost like, uh, you know, I still, I've always thought deep down those people are still just as mad. Well, yeah, I mean, everything's like a cosmetic, like, you know, application. Like everything's yeah. supposed to like numb you. It's like a medication in, in a sense, you know. Yeah, because you, you're hurt. <laughs> right, because you can't exercise what you really want to exercise. Which, let's be real, if sometimes... Like if, if we were honest, we would probably do some very evil things to people in certain circumstances. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, we, we can kind of like get by if we have like, uh, you know, Netflix or if we have, you know, like, oh, I can just go blow off steam at the gym, you know what I mean? But I think throughout history and just in general, people are waiting for that one person to A, give them the means or B, tell them it's okay. This mm-hmm. is, you know, the Crusades, I bet, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking for a reason like, oh, you know, maybe it's God. Maybe it's the orange man about to free America. <laughs> you know? Or maybe it's some other like dumb reason. They'll take anything. As long as, it, you know, th- that thing tells them it's okay. I mean, you know, like once, once you have a racist president, racists start coming out of the out of the wazoo right once you have a you know i don't know <laughs> a fat pe coach yeah your <laughs> case no low-key well you got a lot of fat doctors i mean they're the know, same like, ones telling you on your checkup hey you should probably start eating vegetables as they like shove another candy bar into their face you but, know uh, like, you that's not all doctors but you know once someone in power gives you the right or the right to be something or do something people are waiting for that i legitimately think people are just they're waiting to be told what to do so that they can like do the things they've always wanted to do they just need someone to tell them it's okay because mm-hmm. the laws aren't really stopping them it's just they don't have an enabler so to speak so you know if my fitness trainer starts to gain a lot of weight suddenly I might think it's okay for me to gain a lot of weight because secretly I want to eat ice cream all day. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, like proper. I had a frosty the other week and damn. <laughs> damn. Dude, I know it's kind of dangerous now having money. Yeah, I know. And, like, and... you can just buy whatever the fuck you want. Like food-wise at least. Like, I'm and now I always have something sweet in the house. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't do this. Yeah, so it's... But I feel you. So I think Kogami, like, what he points to there is, like, so crazy about, like... I think it applies to real life a lot. Like, people are just... We're waiting, man. We're just waiting, but we just don't have it yet. And, you know, they'll wait for said political... Yeah, like a catalyst. Yep. But that's that part of the episode... We go back to the school and we see the one girl, two of the girls we met at the school. The one who's being messaged 
on the message app whatever when they were reading shakespeare mm-hmm. and her friend and they're talking and they're talking about the one popular girl and one of them's like yeah when i look at her man her eyes are kind of blank kind of scares me yeah and she pulls up and she's 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 talking to the one that she was messaging and that's a favorable conversation the one she was messaging loves her and then she tells the other one like hey my eyes aren't blank bitch yeah <laughs> you know and first off another great introduction like none of us have to guess who's the villain now yeah you know it's obviously the girl who's got creepy hearing skills and then yeah later, i know i'm like how did you hear that just damn <laughs> got amplifiers in there later we see her painting and the other girl who loved her comes into the room and the one girl starts like talking to her about her dad who's basically just a pervert and is looking at her perverted all the time and she's like oh i can't tell nobody and everything and this is the genius of psychopaths it's it's a reference to the 12th night connection in the fact that 12th night is a story about a girl who falls in love with a man who's actually a girl and this girl and the girl that she's like talking to a lesbian or Lisa the antagonist in this episode is lesbian and the other girl like she's trying to kind of trying to seduce her or something of the sort yeah. <laughs> and it just all ties in so well it's such good writing it's you know cuz like i said i don't need to re-explain to night and <laughs> she, she like suffocates her right like they hug and she like i don't know i feel like that's almost like so interesting um is she killing her right then and there or yeah. is she like just giving her a hug and it's like soothing her or something yeah i've always wondered that too because i don't know maybe that's the genius of it but they like the camera shot cuts off the head and like her arms go limp as she's giving her like a a hug the popular girl right yeah. and so i'm like is she killing her or is she just like she's just so like relaxed in her presence that she just like her arms go limp yo um yeah and that's the, the to finish out the ep- the episode the only reason why that why we're wondering about this is because um at the end of the episode uh there's some like you know these uh two what they're like electricians or something yeah 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 they get a call because one of the you know the hologram uh the holographic fountains is like being all glitchy and shit um and so they uh get the power turned off for it and they find in what's causing the the, the glitches is this like art in quotes art piece and what we find out is that it's eerily similar it's a girl who's been like basically um dismembered and is put up on this what looks like a cross um and it looks very real and it's very reminiscent of the same crimes that were happening at the beginning of this or not the crimes that were happening but the um the crimes that were referenced at the beginning of the episode yeah, with Tassiyama um, and Kogami 
right the same ones that they were investigating um and then after that we see uh makishima Makishima and ryoko the popular girl uh talking and ryoko ryoko is painting what looks like a woman um it's kind of i still wonder is it she was she painting the victim or was she painting the next victim because the way that the girls are drawn in, <laughs> in this academy they all look the same to me i we all look the same no cap <laughs> besides just the uniforms like even the hair and the facial features they all look the same i think because remember there's the titus andronicus quote that makishima pulls out yeah and he says but if you really loved her as if she was your own daughter, would you two say, killed her for whom my tears have made me blind as Titus this did? And it's almost like, um, in a weird way, Makishima was telling her like, you got more? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. almost as if he was about to cut her off. And, and I think it's the next victim, because she says, oh, that'd be a problem because I still have many more drawings to complete in the future. No, I, I think it is too. And it looks like uh, like she's hinting at her next victim is going to be the, what, Shimotsuki? Yeah. Like the girl that was talking major trash about her at the, the lunch table. And I yeah. think that's the next victim is what uh, she's getting at. She's getting at. And um, we see that Makishima's almost like, a, it's like challenging her. Like this is this is entertainment to him. To yeah, him. and he's like antagonizing her almost. Yeah, in like a, a he's jeering her on. Can you do this? Are you as good as you say you do? And then in the earlier part of the episode, when they had caught the guy with the memory card, they presumed that the person who's supplying the means to kill does it for kicks. Yeah, <laughs> he's just out here for jokes. And I think that was like a nod to that in the sense that he's just like, and he's using Shakespeare to say this, like, can you really do this? Are you like the real deal? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, such good writing again. Yeah. Um, there is something that I, like in this whole, like, uh, I guess, exchange. Um, well, I want to take it a step back because I do think um, there's something that stood out to me um, right before we find out that the girl is now dead. <laughs> before we find that out, um, I think it's interesting how Ryoku or Ryoko like justifies um, like she's obviously trying to be there for um, this girl. I don't even know what her name is. She's it was like Isobu or something like that. Yeah. The victim. Her soon-to-be victim. She's talking to her victim about how, like, you know, uh, one thing that we've talked about before, about, like, one of the problems of the system is that, you know, once the system places you in a certain place, you really don't have any other choice. Yeah. You just kind of have to somehow find happiness. Her dad had debts. Right. Um, her dad yeah. had too great of a debt that she and, can't tell her mom that her stepdad or I guess the guy who's living with her mom is looking at her weird because they need him to survive. Yeah, and that's also interesting because of the parallels with that 
and Twelfth okay. Night, and then that also in Titus Andronicus. Like her dad is literally like killing her because yeah. of his sins. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I just think it's interesting though because uh, Ryoku or Ryoko tells her like, yeah, you actually like uh, that sucks, but I can show you, you know, who you're actually supposed to be. And I think it's interesting because it's like um, the victim has like no choice in that. Like, you know, like it's going from like one person telling her who she needs to be to another person. And so I, I don't know why I started thinking about this, but I wonder if there is some sort of freedom or some sort of like, um, you know, peace and knowing where you fit in, in a system, you know what I mean? Or in society in general, like, um, and there was like a couple of episodes back to, um, where I was thought I thought about this with Masaoka as well, um, and it's this like sort of idea about like simplicity. Like there is some like freedom in like just having like a simple function, a simple like okay, I know what I'm supposed to do day after day. You know what I mean? Like in a weird way, that is freeing because like you don't have like um like it's almost like a uniform. Like you don't have to think about wearing anything else. And so you're free to like just kind of be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you have to think about, oh my gosh, what am I gonna wear every day? Or like, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do every day. Like, uh, you're kind of like stressed, you know what I mean? Um, and so I don't know, like what I started to think was like, obviously like there sh should be a balance, like where you're not like stuck into like a rut, whereas where there's no potential like change or potential for growth but then it, we also like you know it's also probably not a good idea to have people just running around doing whatever the fuck they want all the time you know what i mean because yep. then it's like nothing would ever get done ever and let's be real in the society we live in right now we're kind of seeing that when people don't show up to work at mcdonald's uh, it kind of just sucks <laughs> and I, I get it i really do um but i still want my milkshake i'm sorry <laughs> So it's like, in a weird sense, with like a simple like symptom, like what what in your idea, in your mind, like what's the like balance? Like how do you give people a place, but like make it so that it's not like suffocating them to death, so that way they wish they were out of the system completely. Um, I was um, I don't know what I was watching, but someone was like, the weird thing about like being human is. You want to do what you want, but you also want someone to tell you what to do. Mm, yeah, so that's, that's for real. Humans are... Oh, shit. Limbs! Limbs! They fired social? Limby! Oh, they did, they did. <laughs> ah, bro. 10 pick parlay, NBA. $525. Damn. My bad, guys. I've had a bad run at the strikes. <laughs> I needed this one. I needed Damn. this. Anyways. Yeah, is that weird? <laughs> Just get back to character there. We're all, we, we want the road built, but then we also want the freedom to move along it the way yep. we so it's like because we don't want to i think it's just natural we don't want to do too much you and me don't want to establish societies yeah no that's true at the same time we want to be in a society 
but have the mobility that we want. In fact, yeah. humans are so paradoxical in the sense that you and me also want to be in the society at the same time have the option to escape it. Mm. You know, but we but and at no point do we want to build a society. So it's like what do you call it? It's that weird paradox, but I think in a society like this you you still do the same things you still have the same satiating methods i mean some of them have shown up in this episode we've got um we had the alcohol the tripping drugs or the virtual stuff stuff that people just do to escape reality and then we kind of have art in there too yeah which is kind of like what the the school is about and we can also we can presume that civil mandates art there's like civil music <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, there's only a type of like civil painting that's allowed to be put out and stuff so it's that like weird line of like but i think that's when like when it's not even art at that point it's like propaganda because i think art takes you away from satiation if it's good enough. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I think a lot of art is good enough to have you entertained, but entertainment is a is a low threshold. It doesn't inspire much. I'm entertained when I see kids rolling down hills after they trip. But I'm not like inspired <laughs> right. to do anything with that, you know. I I just laugh. And that's where a lot of like art and stuff is today. A lot of the stuff that's mainstream is just Yeah. And this it's not like that's naturally wrong or that can lack inspiration. There's some stuff that I like haiku I know is just made for my entertainment, but it also inspires me to keep writing. But there's also junk mm-hmm. like I don't know, sausage party where it's like uh it's haha, I guess. <laughs> wait, I've actually never seen it. I've I've, I've never, never been inspired to see it though. I've never finished it and I will say I, it's definitely not my cup of tea as far as humor is concerned. Just a bit it's a tad juvenile but a bit cheap per se. Seth Rogen's done better. He's an incredible writer. That was not it. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, you you got to have these measures that kind of like You know, it's like a yin and yang that take things out of society and in, but like humans are strange like I said because we want the road built for us, but we want to have the freedom to ride on it the way we want. And I just don't know if if in a sense because governments and followers are kind of like employees and leaders and employers. They're in a fighting but necessary like battle, you know. your employer is trying to save money you're trying to make money so immediately you're at two different right <laughs> you're an expense but you're also an expense that produces money but i also don't want to give you know what i mean like right yeah we're on like two different cycles but we're actually keeping the wheel turning we're keeping it going so i think i don't know that's a long way to answer this question but that's how i conceive it is that the system would have to create parameters that are against it to a degree that keep it moving at the same time hmm. that at least give people the illusion of choice <laughs> you know what i mean like have civil mandated art 
and you can have different genres like hip hop and all this but at the end of the day that's an illusion because it's still playing for the system you know what i mean yeah 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 it, but it makes you feel like you can still choose what you want in your life damn low key i wonder if that's what all entertainment does <laughs> but i mean you can only really choose between what's actually put out there yeah yeah you know what i mean which is like it's still a choice but is it like the ultimate choice it's a choice <laughs> oh, that, was, um, that was a really long answer no but i think i see what you're saying but um i don't it's weird because like when you put it that way i feel like this like this society that we live in currently is like not too far off from that but there's certain aspects of like the societies that we've created now that like make a lot more of things less enjoyable like it's definitely a harder it's harder to be a creator honestly i think it's a har- harder to be a creator in any society just because you know in at least in an artistic sense like that's never going to be a skill that's going to keep you alive you know what i mean i think in a weird way being a creator is harder because your function or value is almost purely emotional mm. you and me can't sell books based on how like well they calculate anything or yeah. <laughs> what we have to get our stuff out to someone to create some sort of emotional connection with it and a connection so deep that they'll say to themselves i will keep buying this yeah yeah they're uh, experiential yeah and creating is so hard because the modern world is scientific it needs people who are just about to go to work crunch numbers or something and it's easy to to quantify their value you know but like with creatives it's like you know we don't have just like a formula that we can put a book into and like 10,000 will come out. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. But like um I don't know cuz uh like low key like I don't know. It's it would it's interesting cuz if you think of like about your life and like like as a kid growing up if you knew by like age like i don't know let's say 15 i don't know when the cutoff is in the civil system but if you basically knew by the time you graduated from college yeah that you were going to choose between these certain two fields and that was the only choice you had but that was like where you were going to be for the rest of your life like um like i don't know is that Like I don't know, is that necessarily a wrong thing to do cuz like honestly that's how like a lot of other like countries work with like school and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like back in Malawi you're done at like 16. You got to know you got to know shit. Right. <laughs> and I don't, I just I don't know if it's necessarily wrong but I mean look like we're products of that kind of system to a degree. I wouldn't say we're any bit happier. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I would also yeah, I 
but we also like it's weird because like I also think the college system in America is fucked. Like, um, see, and it's, it's basically like, extended high school until you get to like uh, you know a select few in undergrad will really take advantage of the academic like opportunities. But let's be real, most people are either going for scholarship or for uh, you know athletics, or they're going for partying and to just get a degree you know what i mean and then join the workforce but some people are actually taking advantage of the academic opportunities to become an academic you know what i mean um but no besides that it's basically just extended high school and i don't know i think look at the things we like fell in love with we've become pretty decent writers without mm. even doing the degree or anything we just yeah, I mean, we I went to a website without a degree yeah you went down and you start doing something you like and you invest the resources and such mm. but systems systems that are not built for that they're built to sustain themselves and that's the same with civil it puts people in jobs that'll keep it going like that one evil guy who owns the factory he's gonna yeah. keep that going Genoza. He's going to keep the Public Safety Bureau going in a way that pleases mm. Sybil's stability, not the people. They never asked about the people in their meeting. No, that's true. They never asked, hey, man, how's the public actually safe? And that's the thing with systems is that that's what they do. People go to college, people go to schools in, these, in every country. Mm. And those countries, their schools, for the most part, will encourage them to stay on these tracks that just keep society going. And so, I don't know, that's just the game, but like, I think a life that's worth living is made of like intentional choice. Because I think to a degree, a lot of the things I thought were choices that I was making were um, semi-accidental. Like, I don't know if that's a philosophical term, but like an accidental choice as in, I had to do this, but I chose four out of five had tos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I personally, I don't jive with college. Never did. But to get to America, I had to do it. <laughs> you know, that is an artificial choice to me because it's like sure I chose the college I was going to go to, but to move up in this system, I had I had to choose one. I had to choose this this way, so to speak. And like I said, it, it's, it's there. We go to college and we're supposed to become trained rats so that we can get in this rat race. <laughs> that ease. And like me and Nate have said before, not downing on regular nine to five jobs. Hey man, it's an honest living. <laughs> but I hate it. <laughs> At least it's honest. If we start talking about the bigger societal and jobs and all that is what we go until midnight it's already been a long one i think yeah i think it has like what we started at like eight nine, something nine fifteen, bro oh we started at nine fifteen. oh yeah. i guess yeah that's when we did start the podcast all right i think i think it's time because we work yep and, uh, you know, society won't be fixed in a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, if me, if me and Nate had the answers to fix society, we wouldn't be out of here. <laughs> That's true. But, hey, 
Anime Shampoo, that was episode six, The Return of the Psychotic Prince. We went through a lot there. And as usual, check out iFoot on Amazon. Go to the iXFoot website at www.ixfoot.com. Animation and blue. We are anime nerds and part-time philosophers. Any anything from you? Yeah, man. Um, you could at least get outros, man. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I didn't think it would be difficult. Like, I was like thinking, like when I'm watching YouTube videos, I'm like, how hard can it be to do an out- outro? And I, I'm like, it's actually really hard. Like, I have no idea what to say. It's because um, we don't want to be corny, too. Hey, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you want, if you listen, thank you. If you don't listen, well, then you're not hearing this. <laughs> but I appreciate everyone who's listening. And uh, hopefully you think that what we have to say is interesting and worthwhile. And uh, yeah, we'll keep pumping them out. Hey, man. It's all fun. All love. Animation flu. <laughs> <laughs>